Love to rank the Beatles all night long. Ranking 223 Beatles songs, cause it's Beatles to rank so good. <laughs> Do you have any idea what that one was? Uh, Think is back. It the, um, the Thanksgiving song, like Adam Sandler. By Adam Sandler, yeah. yeah. Love to eat the turkey, cause <laughs> it's good. <laughs> Love to eat the turkey like a good boy should. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. You I know what's funny? There was like a, a a video going around recently and it was um uh, it was like these people walking through this office um and they were like, Do you call them hoagies or grinders? It was like this <laughs> office in like Philadelphia, I guess. Uh-huh. And the, they were like asking everyone, like, do you call them hoagies or grinders? And I've literally never heard anyone call it a grinder. No. Except for the lunch lady song. <laughs> Hoagies and grinders. Hoagies and grinders. Navy beans, navy beans, navy beans. Meatloaf sandwich. Sloppy Joe. <laughs> Sorry. So good. That was a whole tangent that I was not necessary today. <laughs> this is how my brain works, but folks. But <laughs> it's okay, though, because as we record this episode, it's Thanksgiving week. Yay. For all of us Americans who yes. celebrate Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, and uh, there's turkey in our future for you, I guess. I don't eat turkey, but there is turkey coming. and uh, All the carbs. All the carbs. Some kind of vegan roast thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's going to be good. So I, I had Thanksgiving on the brain already. Excellent. But uh, yeah. When does this air, though? In a, c- a couple weeks after. Oh, so we'll be well past Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, Sorry, everyone knows everyone. now. I hope your meal was delicious. Everyone knows now. Uh, because I divulged this information on a recent episode when you were uh, in absentia. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, I explained that we do the intros separate from uh, the week that they air, or from the sometimes separate from the day that we tape them. Um, it so happens that we're taping this episode Thanksgiving week, but it won't end. It won't air for a couple weeks. Uh, but that's what we're doing this week, and I can't necessarily be like, "Hey, it's the." Uh, January 14th. What are you up to, Julia? Like, <laughs> you know, we, we, we can't tell the future. Life changes no, so fast. We really can't tell the future. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Um, Thanksgiving week also means, friends, it's get back week. We've got Yay. what turns out to be almost eight hours of get back footage oh coming out this weekend. You were so excited when you found that out. You were like giving me the numbers of minutes. You were like, well, the first night it's going to be 151 minutes. minutes. The next <laughs> is 174. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, dear, that's a lot of minutes. You could say your boy is excited. A little bit. You're excited, though. It's going to be fun. I. It'll be interesting. It's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to seeing it and hopefully... All signs point to it being a very joyful experience. I'm going to uh, pretend that we're in the future and be like, guys, Get Back is amazing. Everyone knows that. I've watched <laughs> it seven times already because I will probably have watched it seven times oh, goodness. by then. Unless it's like the other night, the Oasis Nebworth documentary is finally streaming. And uh, we didn't get to watch it here in New Orleans because Hurricane came and canceled our screening. Yes. But I went to put it on. You're like, oh, you're not going to put that on, are you? Well, I wasn't feeling well, <laughs> and I just didn't have it in me to watch this like super hype concert. It's okay. So it's okay. I need a I need a night where we can start it earlier and not at like 9 p.m. Right. Well, the good thing is like the get back sessions aren't super hype, so like it'll be pretty laid back. I think I could be wrong. I haven't seen it yet. We'll find out. Mm. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure all y'all are welcome. Looking forward to it. Um, but my goodness, welcome to episode 66 Woo-woo. of Ranking the Beatles. Hope everyone is doing lovely, as we are. We're doing lovely this week so far, I think. Pretty good. So far, so well. I am nearing the end of my head cold. Yeah. Which yeah. is nice. It's good to have you back in the uh, co-pilot seat. Hopefully this is uh, airing after the episode that I had to miss because I had a head cold. <laughs> Yeah, you ended up. I you had to miss a couple, unfortunately, had recently. A head cold in the past or in the future. That's the good <laughs> news. At some point, I feel better. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you do recover, thankfully. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but people missed you. Lots of comments saying we miss Julia. 
give us more Julia. That's not at all true. It's dead serious. There was like one comment. No. That was like, hmm, sad. (laughs) (laughs) The cackle wasn't there. Oh. No, everybody missed you. I missed you. Welcome back. I missed you too. Glad to have you back here in the co-pilot seat. It's good to be back. Good. So, before we get into this week's guest, we do have a special guest in the studio with us today. Two special guests in the studio, if I may say so. Um, you may hear their panting off and on throughout the episode. Just a disclaimer. Uh, joining us here in rank at the Beatles headquarter this week, everybody, JoJo and Maxwell. <sighs> our, uh, our two pups are hanging out in the room with us because uh, we didn't feel like putting them in the crates tonight. Yeah. They're good boys. They're good boys. They're, uh, you might hear some snoring or some panting. Hopefully they'll behave. Maybe a little bit of playing. Hopefully no barking. They're Beatles fans, though, so they might just be listening. Yeah. Yeah. They like to absorb a lot from they these do. episodes. They're smart, and their fandom is increasing every day. Um, yeah. So there you go. So let's talk about this week's guest, shall we? Yes, please. Coming back for round two. We got a repeat guest, gang. Pew, 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 Return pew, pew, pew. friend. Uh, our guest today is one of the premier jazz vocalists in New Orleans today. She's the daughter of not one but two opera singers. She's been singing since the age of two years old, which is wild. Um, raised in New Jersey, moved to New Orleans in 1997. Uh, now She's also recorded with artists like Soul Asylum, The Misfits, Harry Shearer, and previous guest Paul Sanchez. Uh, in 2014, she released the Christmas album, Oh Crap, It's Christmas, uh, and then just last year released Oh Crap, It's Christmas Volume 2, uh, which was an amazing little present to get during uh, lockdown. So great. When we couldn't see our friends or celebrate the holidays together. Um, her most recent record, also from last year, is called Other Than Everything, Everything's Great, which she recorded with her longtime musical partner, pianist Josh Paxton. She is an absolute joy to talk to, one of the most wonderful people we know. She's from Jersey. I wonder if she's had a grinder. We should ask her. <laughs> I, have to, I have to ask her about that. Is, we should ask her hoagies or grinders. Navy beans. <laughs> Sloppy Joe? Sloppy Joe. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should do a poll online. That is a good idea. Hoagies or grinders. Hoagies or grinders. Okay. Good call. I'm on it. So, friends, without further ado, let's bring on one of the best damn huggers you're ever going to meet. <gasps> so good. Please welcome to Ranking the Beatles, our good friend, Debbie Davis. Debbie Davis, welcome back to Ranking the Beatles. How are you? I am so happy to be here. Yes, like, and in person, finally. Oh, my God. I can, like, people in a room that I am also in. Yeah. It's, uh. Friends, we hugged. We hugged. We oh hugged. man, we hugged. You Human out. contact. It's yeah, amazing. It was great. Yeah. I'm gonna hug you again later. Yes. So uh, you know, limber up. I don't want to hurt you. Yes. I will, but I don't want to. We uh I was just looking before you got here. So this is episode sixty three. Okay. And you were last here for episode seventeen. Wow. Which oh. feels like forever ago. Uh, only because it was. Linear yeah. time still. If you listen to <laughs> episode 17, linear time was way up on my shit list then. They have not done anything <laughs> to redeem themselves in the time that has passed. Yeah. So, yeah. Linear time. I feel like every year. day I tell someone, like someone messes up the date or I do and I'm like, ah, time has no meaning. I have no idea what's Seriously, going on. Seriously, it's all it's relative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Last two years? A year and a half? Or Nine years or six weeks? <laughs> Fuck if I know. Oh, we've been doing this now. Once again. Yeah. No idea. You could tell me it was April of last year. I would not be able to fight you. Right. Yeah. I'd be like, well, they if just you can't, insist. Yeah. Oh, they just canceled Jazz Fest. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. The, that doesn't the, exactly the narrow time. it down. It's like four times now. Is the third time? Yeah. Oh, yes. We can't have nice things. That's no. true. Well, how have the last, I don't know, when we last spoke was, I think, um, August or so? Oh, the last time we were on the show was maybe August. Uh, So what have you been up to since then? I know not a whole lot because no one else has, but I know you're starting to play again. I am. You and Josh are getting back out. Rumors of my employment have been highly exaggerated. (laughs) Um, I've got a record in the works in my head. I've got another record in the can that... um, if there ever seems to be a reason to put another record out, it's ready to go. Right. And um, now, now you and, and Matt did Oh Crap, It's Christmas Volume 2. Last year. In December. That's a right. A little we, holiday cheer. We started recording it just about this time last year. Mm-hmm. And 
nothing like having an insane project deadline to keep you distracted from the election, which was probably yeah. the best thing I could have done <laughs> oh for my myself. Yes. I know, I'll make a Christmas record in October and try to have it out by Thanksgiving. Okay. <laughs> See how that goes. All systems go, ludicrous speed. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I had anything else to do. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a, it was a Christmas record out in the world. Some people bought it. I'm hoping more people will this year because yeah. I still need your money. <laughs> Um, yeah, not not a lot. Not as much as I would like to be able to yeah. report. Yeah. Have you all started doing like any out-of-town gigs yet or just? Not really. Uh, I keep trying to think of when my last gig was. and it, uh, Once again, linear That's time like the is worst betrayed. Feeling. It, yeah, it really is. When's yeah. my next gig? I don't know. When was your last gig? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other day. Yeah. <laughs> the other day. <laughs> sometime soon <laughs> actually i have a gig tomorrow but okay, by the nice. time this goes on the right. air it will have been that Past. other day yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> whatever linear time come see my gig tomorrow whenever you're listening to this <laughs> it's like joe's, joe's crab shack free, free crabs tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, that's right that's right nice it feels optimistic if i say i have a gig tomorrow and then you just listen to this every day yeah <laughs> you know i was i was thinking about you recently because uh one of the few things we've been able to do uh during the pandemic thankfully responsibly uh is record store day and i've gone to euclid for record store yes, day I love me some euclid. and i think it was the first one that they did during lockdown when they finally like figured out a way to do it and checking out and then over by the door working security at the door to make sure everyone's got their mask on was my kid is your son ben that's right who is now like eight foot nine. Oh my god! He <laughs> just gosh. turned eighteen last month. We got matching tattoos. Yes. I love what did it. you get? Oh, I love it's it. The Pink Floyd prism around yes. my wrist. Oh, Amazing. that's fantastic. And then has the same one. Nice. Aww. So what was? Shout what's out the to downtown tattoo. Yes. Uh, Ben wanted that tattoo. He's wanted this tattoo since he was like thirteen, mm -hmm. and he came up with the design for it. And I've looked on the internet. And I haven't seen, I mean, I'm sure it's out there, but I have not seen it like, One like glaringly have. plastered all over the webs. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, it's pretty rad. And I was, I, I needed some new ink anyway. So. Yeah. Congrats on raising like a rad kid. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, like, how does that, I don't know. What's that like? <laughs> uh, not having kids, obviously. Well, I haven't but... eaten dinner after eight o'clock in 19 years. Yeah. Uh, what is that like? I don't know. But like you, 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 I think you and Matt, for listeners who don't know, her husband Matt Perrine is also a musician. Uh, so, and then obviously your parents are musicians. Are Matt's family no. musical? No, they, they're musical, but they both graduated college and got jobs with retirement plans, and yeah. you know, <laughs> did the smart thing. Didn't have to um, fantasize about dying on stage as their best case scenario. <laughs> that is dark. <laughs> Whatever, man. Beats the alternative. It looked great on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen Toussaint walking to the wings. Bam. Bam. Uh, but you Maybe know, like so quickly. the first time I, I met your son, Ben, I think he was 12, maybe, and was already like absolutely shredding guitar. Right. And was, so was that at Gretna Fest with Paul? No. Well, yeah. Because he borrowed your guitar. Yeah, you're right. That was, Aww. I was thinking I about. I think that might have been it. I was thinking about one of the. The, uh, the Beatles shows. Yeah. I thought about the McCartney tribute. Well, the McCartney yeah. tribute he didn't get to play at because uh, he did he the got, uh, George Harrison one. He did the George Harrison one and he did the John Lennon one. Yeah. But he showed up ready to play at the Paul McCartney tribute, and um, a club owner who shall remain nameless mm -hmm. said he's too young. And Davis Rogan said, "Well, wait a minute, wasn't what's his name Taz here a couple weeks ago?" And uh, the venue owner demurred knowledge of that particular underage person having been in his yeah. venue. And I had to call a babysitter to pick my son and his guitar and amp. Ugh. No. Yeah, it was super humiliating. Oh my gosh, was he devastated? Yeah, pretty much. Because oh. I'm sure he'd like been working on the songs and like yeah, oh. the parts. He was loaded for bear, man. Like yeah. you thought you were ready for that gig, so did he. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I'm crushed for him. Yeah, it was it was That's rough. So sad. It was rough, and 
once word spread through the band about what had happened, every time the venue owner walked into the green room, everybody stopped talking and glared at it. <laughs> Spectacular. So, you know, so, you're in charge, but we don't have to like it. Right. Just, <laughs> just, just pay us. Yeah, exactly. I'll Obviously, redemption, redemption comes, though, and the next show at the... At the uh, what at did he tips. do at... at, at the George Harrison one, didn't he play on my guitar while my guitar gently weeps? He did, and but like, the one before that was the John Lennon one because we did the John Lennon one in November, and then George was in like March. Where? Which one was the one where he was just like soloing on his knees? Like uh, that could have been both. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta find that video. It yeah, so there. It's it's really fantastic. Yeah. I think that's when my uh, well my guitar gently weeps. Thing. Yeah, he did that in Taxman. Mm-hmm. For the Harrison show, and then for the John show, was it She's So Heavy? That might have been been it. it, That might have been the one where he was crawling on the floor, beseeching the gods of rock. Like 13, man. It's great. I love it. He's so cool. Yeah, now he's taller than I am. Right. By, like, a lot. (laughs) By a lot. Yeah, he's 6'3", and, like, this big around. If I hadn't seen him tethered to my body when he was born, I would be certain he was not mine. (laughs) There's a recessive gene in there somewhere, but I am not... For those of you who are not familiar with what I look like off the radio, I am neither tall nor lanky. (laughs) (laughs) So, I I guess my, my, my question, my wonder is, you know, how do... How have y'all managed to create that kind of uh, musical relationship with your kid? Because he's obviously really into classic rock, Beatles. Uh, I'm happy to say know, that like was that. me. That was you? That was me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt was a big jazz nerd when he was in school, which has given a lot of insight and a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as far as his preference goes, Ben... Ben knew the names of the Beatles and Led Zeppelin before he knew any names of American presidents. <laughs> <laughs> and how did, okay. that, how did that correlate? was probably a little better. Too. How does that correlate to, to you coming up? I don't, I don't remember. I should have re-listened before we did this. But... You don't have to do homework on me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been no, a long week. I grew up around a lot of show tunes and around a lot of American songbook stuff and long road trips listening to operas and uh, picking out the French horn parts. That's Mm -hmm. part of why I can harmonize as well as I can because I just learned the parts over and over and over. Uh, But I got turned on to the Beatles when I was, I guess, a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. Somebody made, my friend Jason, uh, who actually started the first band I was ever in, made me a mixtape. which was called, if you haven't heard this once before, you should be shot and killed. (laughs) (laughs) To to his credit, he was totally on point. Um, Yeah, you know, teenagers in New Jersey, shit got dark. Right. (laughs) Uh, But on that record, or on that uh, tape, was two Beatles songs, both from Sgt. Pepper, Mm -hmm. which I think is why Sgt. Pepper's my favorite record, because it was the... You know, it's the baptism. What, what do you remember? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like rock and roll, I came to the party a little bit late. But then I was in a classic rock cover band for four years. And, uh, you know, I, I, I caught up, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> Hendrix and Zeppelin and binge drinking and, you know. <laughs> All that stuff. All the stuff that goes hand in hand. All the stuff. Yeah. Which, by the way, opera singers are pretty good at, too. They just, you know. <laughs> they just do it. Interesting. In, they just do oh, it in, yeah. while wearing tails. Huh. Oh, man. You want to hear people who like to get drunk and sing? Opera singers. <laughs> Holy God. Three glasses of Chardonnay. You can't shut those fuckers up. <laughs> and everybody's trying to go for a B-flat. Even oh, if they know gosh. they don't have one. They're like, yeah, this would be a great idea. Got it. <laughs> yeah, have some more brandy. Today I learned... Do it, Pavarotti. <laughs> Opera singers get turnt. Like you just, <laughs> oh yeah. You just call everyone Pavarotti when you're doing whatever Pavarotti. Whatever yeah, Pavarotti. Yeah. Placido Domingo, if that is your real name. <laughs> yeah, no, opera singers, man. Oof. Yeah. Why do you think they're all so fat? <laughs> Red wine and spaghetti, man. It's not hard. Uh, maybe I'll just tell people I'm an opera singer now, and they'll be like, "Oh, perform." Um, I'm not warmed up. You have to catch me another time. I just crank the pipes out a are really lubed. loud, horrifying A flat. They'll never ask you to do it again. I don't even know what an A flat is. It's, a, it's 
step below B flat. Good on you, man. The less you know, the better. <laughs> Stuff will only get you in trouble. I know, right. like, I'm really not, despite the fact that I've been married to a musician for 14 years. Is that correct? Good enough. Yeah. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be 14 years. Close enough. And just over a month, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have that. I've picked up very little of technical music knowledge. And you will probably live a lot longer as a result. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Sometimes I'm like, there are I'm support like groups is that a that guitar? Can help you. You're going to be piece? okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not Jonathan and me. We're totally beyond help. There's no support <laughs> right. for what we have. I think of it more like an affliction. Oh, yeah. Really. It's, it's it, a disease. Yeah. <laughs> as if you could stop. Right. No. It's like, <laughs> stop being diabetic. I can't. Sorry. <laughs> stop being a musician. Eh. Yeah. One of the symptoms is People try. buying guitar picks when you already have 8,000 guitar picks. <laughs> well, because you know you're going to lose them. Thank you. Yeah. They're not lost. They're in the dryer. Oh, that that is true. That is where they wind up. We're not alone in this life, believe me. No. So okay. Uh, Sorry. So you know. So coming from. So are we? What are we here to talk about? Right. What are we doing? I'm, I'm bringing us back. So coming from the show tunes, Great American Songbook, etc., uh, finding your way into the jazz world and everything. What are the kind of correlations that you find? Like, what? Where are the through lines between the Beatles? And those genres, in uh, your opinion, if you had to. A good to... song is a good song. Yeah. That's the through line. Uh, Irving Berlin wrote songs that are as good as the songs that Paul McCartney wrote, which are as good as the songs that Cole Porter wrote, that are as good as the songs that Lou Reed wrote. I mean, that they, they come from a very similar background, it turns out. They all have sort of a Tin Pan Alley sensibility to them. Mm-hmm. Um and their structures are usually fairly traditional, despite, you know, any wackadoodle stuff George Martin might have put on it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's generally A-A-B-A, or it's chorus-verse, chorus-verse, chorus-verse. There's not, there's nothing new under the sun where that's concerned, but the song itself can stand on its own and transcend whatever genre brought it to bear. Yeah. Which is, I mean, it's part of why there's a lot of Beatles in my in my repertoire even though I'm not a rock artist or a pop artist by design pop music is pop music just because it was popular then but mm-hmm. like jazz music is pop and shit barbershop quartets are pop and right. the Beatles are pop and you know poison is pop god help us um, <laughs> poison like like the band poison yes okay okay yeah I can see that I guess they're a pop band yeah I mean, I see that. they had a lot of hairspray. For but... some reason, my brain frazzled, and I thought I was thinking uh, Belle Biv DeVoe poison. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, also, They're yeah. also pop, by yep. the way. Yeah. I mean, R&B is pop. It's, it's... <laughs> That drum feels so tight. <laughs> this girl is poison. Yeah. <laughs> poison. Just a big button poison. smile. Yeah, yeah, see? <laughs> See, there, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Belle Biv DeVoe, the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, so the the through line for me is, from a compositional standpoint, a good song is a good song, regardless of who does it. Yeah. Um, so I've got, I mean, I, I love doing Beatles songs because a good song lends itself to whatever treatment you care to put on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did record when I'm 64 with Josh, and I recorded "If I Fell" with Alex, and I can't. I guess the last record didn't have any Beatles on it, but I, there's Beatles on almost every record I've ever recorded, and it's not by accident. I just can't get out of their way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, do I think you think that's the through line for me? Could you hear "When I'm 64" as like a guitar rock song? Of course, as some kind of other genre. Absolutely. I mean, the, the fact that it's so Vaporwave. sweet and the fact that it's so sweet and unassuming, I think, is by design, but not by necessity. Mm-hmm. I think it could have been given whatever treatment it needed to. However, it is complemented by the fact that there is this nostalgia attached to it because it supposes that the person who's doing the talking, that the narrator actually already is old. 
despite the fact that Paul McCartney wrote this song when he was 14. Right. <laughs> which 64 was probably just the highest number he could think of somebody actually still being alive at. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's 79 now. It's worth yeah. mentioning. He's, well, uh, I, I was reading something where he said, you know, somebody kept saying, you know, you should have made it 65 because that's the year of retirement in the UK. But 64 just sang better. So it's just what he's going to rhyme with. it with. Mm. Would if you I've been out till quarter to three, would you dig my jive? Like, <laughs> sorry, that's only yeah, right, for one rhyme. Yeah. yeah, not great. It's not great. Well, what can what? you contrive? I mean, you're gonna start scraping the bottle, bottom of the barrel on rhymes. Yeah, really that's gonna be quick. tough. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't we go ahead and talk about this week's song selection? Hurrah! Coming in at number one fifty-four is when I'm sixty-four. songs written by Paul, supposedly around the age of 14 or 15, when I'm 64 began its life in the living room of Paul's Forthland Road home uh, before rock and roll had really hit. Cabaret and crooners were still the order of the day, and Paul was looking to that world as he began writing his earliest songs. Uh, the song was actually added to the Beatles' earliest repertoire as a piece they could do on stage in the event that an amp broke or that power went out in the club. Which, can you imagine the Beatles at the Cavern doing a rudimentary version of When I'm 64 while... With a piano. With a piano, like, decked out been. in leather, like, <laughs> sweating <laughs> profusely. Yeah, with Like, their, uh, all pilled out. Like, oh, it would have been amazing. With their greaser hair. Right? Yeah. That's so cool. I wonder if it would just be, like, sped up because they're all, like... Just tweaking yeah. yeah probably like sped up a bit yeah. but also like oh, all the girls would just be like ah. <laughs> yeah, he is the cute one yeah and so it was on December 6th of 1966 the very year his father Jim McCartney turned 64 as the Beatles reconvened at Abbey Road to begin work on their next album and after spending the first few days on the genre bending mind expanding Strawberry Fields Forever the Beatles began work on the very genre specific When I'm 64 uh, now, this was actually recorded fairly quickly following a little bit of rehearsal. It only took the band two attempts to get a successful backing track. Two days later, Paul overdubbed his lead vocal. Later that month, on December 20th, Paul, John, and George added harmony vocals to the track, while Ringo added chimes. And then the following day, a clarinet trio was recorded and added to the track, which would become one of the trademarks of the song. Now, during the song's mixing at Paul's request, the track was actually sped up half a step to make his voice sound even younger mm -hmm. than his 25 years of age. Oh, oh to be 25. Oh, grandpa. <laughs> it's like his voice that, now. And that's why it's in D flat, which mm -hmm. is weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now, obviously, the song was recorded, was uh, released on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band in June of 67. However, it was almost released earlier as, as the B-side right. to either Strawberry Fields or Penny Lane. Uh, when George Martin and Brian Epstein were trying to determine how to best release an early single in 1967 to stave off the naysayers who were pointing at the perceived lack of activity from the Beatles, claiming they were finished, breaking up, washed up, they wanted to deliver a really major single to show that, in fact, they were moving to a whole new level. Uh, before it was decided to use both Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane and issue it as a double A-side, When I'm 64 had been slotted to be the B-side of whichever song won out for the A-side. Now, how this would have changed uh, the album, of course, is a whole different other discussion, as well as the idea of should Strawberry Fields or Penny Lane have been on Sgt. Pepper. That's a whole other episode for a whole other time, though. Yeah. 
Uh, now, of course, When I'm 64 is considered a classic, though the Beatles never did perform it live. And according to my research, Paul has never performed it live either, uh, though what? there was a show a few years ago where a couple came up on stage for a proposal, and they apparently sang it, and Paul joined in, so I guess we can count that. But it's never been wow. in any of his set list, as far as I can see. That's wild. Because yeah. he doesn't play bass clarinet, I'm guessing? Apparently so. <laughs> I mean, you got to hire those guys, and it just doesn't sound great if you have it on a keyboard. Yeah, you know? no. Yeah. No, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, you wouldn't think. And, uh, huh. yeah, so there you go. Uh, so, why do I have... Oh, before you go into that, Ooh, yes. I want to touch on the fact that people were saying that they were like done and toast because they hadn't put anything out Mm -hmm. how long had it been since they had put something out revolver came out in i think june or july or may of 66 then they went on tour for a couple months less than a year yeah well then they went then they went on tour and it was the last tour and then they went quiet like they went quiet john went to spain to make a film Paul and oh, okay. or, uh, George right. went to India to just kind of like start to dip his toe in the culture over there. <laughs> to ignore Mike Love for six months. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Paul did uh, the Family Way score. So like they did not do Beatles stuff for months. Okay. So like it was very quiet. And then they started recording in December. And, uh, you know, when th- I think at that point there had been so much activity. When you had like four to five months of quiet it's a very different time. You know, okay. all of a sudden, like, oh, they're, the, the well is dried up. The they, faucet is off. And they weren't touring. And the last two records they had put out were kind of weird. Mm-hmm. They didn't um, play anything off a of Revolver Live. Right. Well, their last tu- the, they, they stopped touring because there wasn't enough technology yeah. to make sound loud enough for the venues that they had to use because yep. they were so popular. Mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to people who saw the, sh- the show at Shea Stadium. And they said if you weren't in the first seven rows, you couldn't hear anything but screaming. Oh, my yep. goodness. Because it was, they had the public address system that they used for, like, mm-hmm. not taking the plate, number 22. Right. Mm-hmm. They were using that public address system and Vox amplifiers that were the size of suitcases. Cause, like that one right there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly like that one right there. And, like, they got, like, slightly bigger ones, but still, like, they're not... They weren't for That's not that. They weren't yeah. marshals, and yeah. they the stuff didn't exist. Yeah. So they would book these venues. Sixty thousand people would show up. None of them could hear anything. And they're a hundred feet away, outdoors. Yeah. You know. Like, yeah. Where and sound just and then they can't get out of the parking lot because their cars getting climbed. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. yeah I'm gonna like go to India. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I'm out of this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just didn't know, like, what that period of time was. Mm Because I know they had been so prolific. It was, like, their first break that they actually, like, took. Yeah. Their first long break of nothing. But still, just, like, a few months. Like, four months. Yeah. And people are like, it's over. Well, I mean, that's the pop landscape of 66. Where And then everything broke loose. Then Hendrix showed up. Mm -hmm. Then, you know what I mean? Like, everything changed so dramatically. It stopped being Paul Revere and the Raiders. And it turned into this, like... Like Pet Psych- Sounds came out in in sixty six. Well, let me let me no, let me rehash that. Early sixty six was Pet Sounds. Then Revolver came out. Then Good Vibrations came out that summer. Oh, and then Jesus. it was like the space race. Yeah. Of you know Brian puts out Good Vibrations. What are the Beatles going to do? Why are the Beatles so quiet? Yeah. And then they put out Strawberry Fields, and Brian starts to break because he goes, "They beat me. Like that's Aww. that's it." That's I the future that of sound. Him. I want to yeah. give Brian Wilson a hug every I time know, I think right? about him. Yep. Every time. We love you, Brian. We love you, Brian. Seriously. I know he's, he listens. He listens to the podcast. Does he? He's, he's a huge yeah. fan. <laughs> he blew me a kiss emails. once. Did he? Aww. He did. There was a Q&A at Jazz Fest in the Alice in Miner stage. I asked him a question that apparently nobody on the face of the earth had ever asked him. And he was charmed or you know, having a nervous breakdown or whatever. I'm not sure what was going through Brian Wilson's head, but he thanked me for asking my question and he blew me a kiss and Aww. I almost died. What was the question? I asked him who the women in his songs were because Ooh. they weren't part of a rhyme scheme mm-hmm. and they didn't seem to have any other central importance other than in this song. So I asked him who's Rhonda, who's um, Barbara Ann, who's Caroline? Good God, who's Caroline? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he was like, you know, no one's ever asked me that. And they, 
they were just they were just names that I like. And I'm thinking to myself, that's bullshit. <laughs> Caroline is somebody, man. Caroline messed you up. Right. Her I, name might not be Caroline. Yeah, but, but she exists. Whatever. Where did your long hair go? <laughs> yeah. You mm. know. So and and then he blew me a kiss. And Aww. Andre still talks about it. Aww. Yeah, I know. So cute. <laughs> I'll have to tell you later about the last time we saw Brian and Kyle Malanson's exchange with Brian. Oh, yeah, we're not going to go into it's that. It's not suitable for the podcast. No. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're going to save that for We're going to have to start doing a Brian Wilson podcast then. Oh, I God. There's some good I ones. Think the world does. It's really good. So, okay. Why do I have when I'm 64 at number 154? So, I've got this really vivid, specific memory of being on a family vacation uh, in the Smoky Mountains in the back of my dad's car with a copy of Sgt. Pepper on cassette that I'd just gotten. And listening to the first time while driving through the Smoky Mountains. Nice. Uh, now, it's a weird juxtaposition to hear all this psychedelic weirdness while just looking at nature. Like, yeah. At like 12. That's a very Ozarks. strange yeah. thing. Yeah. It should have been banjos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so this song comes at this moment where it's it, it, you really think, you know, what in the world is going on here? Because there's a four song run of She's Leaving Home. Being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, within you, without you, and when I'm 64. And this seemed like the most, like, boundary-ignoring, rule-breaking thing I'd ever heard. And it's really that kind of, it's wild to consider that those four songs come in succession from a rock band. Well, and it's a great palate cleanser, I yeah. think, after all Everything's of that. Everything's a palate like, cleanser. Yeah. Like, every song is a palate cleanser for the next thing. It, it really is just, like, this incredibly building meal. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, now this is this course? Holy well, and shit. I saw somebody had written when the record came out that they thought that this song was the song that didn't belong on the record. Mm-hmm. Like, there was some cohesion with the other ones. I'm right. like, wow, what? <laughs> that must have been great acid you guys were on because, uh, no. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I feel like this was maybe the time where I realized that you didn't necessarily have to follow any rules in music and you could do absolutely whatever you want. I also really found it interesting how much this reminded me of the traditional jazz that we have here in New Orleans. Yes. And my grandmother was a singer. My uncle was a trombonist. Music was really prevalent in my house growing up and in like all my family's houses. Uh, so I think I had an understanding and appreciation of jazz early on. And I was able to hear when I'm 64 and think this could be a Pete Fountain song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was fascinated to think of how these guys from another time and another country could have an appreciation or understand of music that one came from my hometown <laughs> or two seemed infinitely older than they were. And they seemed infinitely old at the time because I was a child and the sixties seemed forever away. Right. Uh, so I think, you know, this is one of those songs that I think really gives credence also to the, the importance of the idea of understanding your past before you can figure out your future. The Beatles were nothing if not students of music that came before them. Not just early rock and roll, but jazz, music hall, vaudeville, classical. Even if it wasn't something that they loved or embraced, they had an understanding and appreciation of it. So when they did want to draw on that understanding, they could do it in a way that was valid and somewhat authentic, even though it's filtered through their own kind of strange way of seeing it all these years later. Uh, I think the performances on this track are absolutely superb. Uh, Ringo's doing exactly what needs to be done with the brushes, and I think that shows an awareness and willingness to play to the song that not a lot of players have, especially in 1967, mm-hmm. in the year of, like, Mitch Mitchell, who's like, <laughs> yeah. how many hits can I put in this one measure? Um, uh, the guitar in the track, beautifully understated throughout, takes the back seat to the clarinet and the vocal, and the few moments where it does pop out, it's appropriately jazzy. I think John's actually the only guitarist on here, uh, which is the same situation in Honey Pie, huh. in where he plays a great jazz solo, which again shows that he's well more versed in Paul's granny shit than maybe he wants to claim. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. this, is, this is the kind of stuff that John w- thought himself above. But exactly. He always... He always delivered his, on it. He always sunk his teeth in mm-hmm. and seemed to be really at home. So. Yep. Me think he doth protest too much with the yeah. shit. <laughs> yes. Um, the vocals, of course, are just perfection. Paul's lead is charming and charismatic. Mm-hmm. Harmonies As on always. the bridges are fantastic. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, and I love that it appears in the midst of all these different styles and ideas at a time when, like, minds are expanding, all these new drugs, free love. And sitars. Sitars. Oh, my God, so many sitars. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, even as we're moving into this whole new perception, at the core of it uh, is the idea that these adventures are all so much more fulfilling when you can enjoy them with a partner. That idea of love, whether it's romantic or platonic, is so crucial to the Beatles' entire existence. And this is one of the few spots where that kind of sentiment actually exists on Sgt. Pepper. There's not a ton of moments of love songs. No. Or, like, personal, you know, romantic relationship. Right. No, even um, Fixing a Hole, which mm-hmm. it touches on a lot of romantic themes, also exposes a lot of, hey, I was kind of a jerk. Hey, yeah. I was smacking you around for a minute, mm-hmm. but it's getting better. Right. I can't get much worse. <laughs> yep. uh, Lovely Rita. She's mm-hmm. kind of like, I want to bang this broad I just met. Yeah. But it's not like a romantic thing. And this no. is, like, one of the few times you get, like, actual romantic sentiment. So it's kind of a nice, like, moment of, of like, a breather yeah. in the midst of all this really heavy shit. And I think that's why this has kind of stuck out over the years. It becomes such a standard. Um, I really have nothing negative to say about the song, except that it's kind of a real, kind of a specific thing musically. And that thing isn't always what I want out of the Beatles. I won't necessarily turn that thing away when it comes. But and I think it's done really well here. But it's not a song I usually reach for out of context. I kind of want my like pop and rock from the Beatles. Mm-hmm. But I've got a lot of love for the granny shit when it does come mm-hmm. around. So, I agree. Yeah, I, I love this song. I love all of Paul's granny stuff. Yeah, I honestly can't get enough of it. And I think it speaks to my background that I grew up surrounded by show tunes and you know all. It, it sounds like there should be a soft shoe happening. Right. Like it's, it's a cute little. Yeah. It's like a little boater hat. Yeah, exactly. Like arm garters, you know. You almost wanted to like come through like like one of those old like single speaker like record players. Yeah. When I get older, like he's being sung through a, mic, through a megaphone. Yep. Yep. Or through the speakers at Chase Stadium. Right. That's probably how it sounded. See, the, it, suddenly it all makes so much sense. You should have gone touring. Right. <laughs> You have to hire three clarinet players who wants to do that. Um, no, I, I, I have a strange affinity for all of Paul's granny stuff, so that step, that never gets old for yeah. me. Um, and I think that it's it does what a lot of their songs refuse to do, which they're talking about the future in a long-term way rather than a, we're going to change the world and things are going to be better and look at this revolution that's happening. It's like we're going to be old one day too. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not something that any of the rock and roll crowd was really willing to admit. Bowie uh, references it in um, changes, mm-hmm. but very seldom do the rock idols of the sixties ever acknowledge the fact that they'll be 40, yeah. you know, let alone 64. Well, and God, think, mm-hmm. think of the interviews where, you know, whether it was Mick Jagger or McCartney going, I'm not going to be doing this at 40. Mm-hmm. Like Mick Jagger's like I'm be shaking my ass on stage at 40. 40? That's <laughs> not ridiculous. a chance, yep. man. Yeah, totally. Like, ha ha. <laughs> How old is he now? 9,700 years old. <laughs> no, that's Keith Richards. Right. Uh, shout out to Mick Jagger's Instagram for being the greatest thing on the internet. So good. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Pretty great. Yeah. Not as good as Dionne Warwick's, though. Oh, her Twitter is great. So good. I saw someone tweet today that she she just got TikToks, and they were like, Like, oh, yeah, apparently she just signed up for TikTok. And so they were like, (laughs) well, TikTok is over because she is going to own it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's going to be some, do you know the way to San Jose craziness happening (laughs) really soon. I can feel it. I'm excited. So, yeah. Yeah, I love this song. I, I can't poke a hole in it. Yeah. Uh. Although I do love finding out that John was responsible for Vera, Chuck, and Dave. Yeah, that was funny. I was like, okay, didn't see that coming. Oh, we just stuck that in. Oh, did you? Did you just accidentally <laughs> came up with Vera, Chuck, and Dave? Yeah, it sounds really random, John. Right. Again, you like this. <laughs> You're enjoying yours. It's okay. No you know, one's going to well, tell it's, on you. It's, it's like when you watch Magical Mystery Tour and at the finale when they do Your Mother Should Know, the only two who are really fucking into it are John and Paul. That's right. And Paul's like earnestly into it and John is like maniacally into it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like the it's heart wants, but it creepy. wants John. It's okay. <laughs> I just mean, embrace it. Yeah. yeah. I'm, 
yeah, you got to embrace that stuff. I mean, they're dressed up like furries for crying out yeah. loud. Like, <laughs> just go ahead, man. We all know you're a weirdo. Yeah. It's cool. I think it's also an incredibly like, and I, I think we mentioned this same school of thought when talking about your mother should know. Mm-hmm. It's like a really fucking punk rock move to put this song on the most hotly anticipated psychedelic rock album of mm-hmm. 1967. Like, to come out with this. Well, again, it's another soft shoe. That's putting it on the table right there. Like, yeah. It's brilliant. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. I'm Paul McCartney. <laughs> and he wrote it about your mom. <laughs> it's not a cute beetle anymore, is right? he? <laughs> Cheeky monkey mom writing song beetle guy. <laughs> Paul McCartney wrote a song about your mom. <laughs> what do you think, Julia? How do you feel about this? Oh, this now that we're is... halfway to sixty-four. Oh, are you thirty-two? No, oh, I mean we're we're well past that. Okay. Certain... Yeah, I don't know where God. the halfway. I don't know I either. Say, I'm like, huh? We're a lot closer to it than we are twenty. Friends, Jonathan is not good at math. I'm mm-hmm. terrible. In case you didn't know. Yeah, no, some of us are even closer to sixty-four than they are. If it's 25. any consolation, uh, when this comes out. I think I'm going to be just around the corner from turning 40. So yep. how about that? So not 32. Far, far away. Yeah. 40. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Anywho. Debbie was just able to buy beer for the first time this month. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went back a couple hours later and got some Geritol. <laughs> it's just actually past my bedtime, you guys. Aww. Oh, no. <laughs> not really. Almost. I just love sleeping. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. If I didn't have to do it to survive, I would just do it for fun. Yeah. Sleeping <laughs> is pro. great. Totally. It's so great. Well, then I can't sleep in the Olympics. Mm. Got to retain my amateur status if I'm going to sleep in the Olympics. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the money's worth it. We'll see. We'll look into it. Mm-hmm. Take offers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> and a sleep endorsement, perhaps. Ooh. <laughs> yes, by Tempur-Pedic. Like NASCAR. I've got like Tempur-Pedic on my matches. And- <laughs> NyQuil Z's. Ambient pillow. <laughs> okay. Totally all right, track. all right. Back to, back to the, tar- the, the task at hand here. Um, <laughs> Sorry, what are we talking about? Yeah, what are, why are we here? I don't know. Um, it's time for some ambient. <laughs> <laughs> let's get weird, y'all. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's get weird. <laughs> now it's time to start. <laughs> Stop being so serious, damn it. <laughs> um, right, what do you think, this, uh, this song is so charming. It's just like mending fuses, yeah. Sunday morning rides, like renting a summer cottage. Oh, if it's I love not it so too much. Dear. I know. Who can it's spend just... a whole co- summer at a rental, though? Good Me. People, well, I guess Paul McCartney. People who live in a socialized country where they actually get a paid month off of work to go out and be nice to themselves mm. on purpose. That part. <laughs> Truth. You yeah. Also, yes, I totally would spend a summer and a month or whatever in a cottage. That sounds amazing. Isle of Wight. Yes. Is the Isle of Wight Wight cool? UK listeners, can you let us know? Is the Isle of Wight cool? I want to go there. Would you summer there if you could? Isle of Wight, Isle of Man. Mm -hmm. People go out there with their little trailers. Isle of Lucy. Oh. Isle of Juice. Isle of. I said Isle of Lucy. I said Isle of Juice. Isle of Juice. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. Wow. How's that ambient kicking in for you? <laughs> um, yeah, I would totally spend a summer cottage, a summer in a cottage. That sounds amazing. Um, I think it. this is just, like, such a good example of, like, and it's so, it's so weird to me how he is able to, like, articulate, like, that sort of, I've been together with you for a really long time and we're content. We're to a place where we are just content in our relationship. Like we find joy in little things like mending fuses and going for a ride and gardening and spending a summer in a cottage with our grandchildren. Like, will you? Still how are be you sending me a Valentine? <laughs> oh God, Paul. Yes, so, yes, I will. Yeah, for sure. Sweet I would. Little I would. thing. I know. Like oh, it's funny. just so sweet, and it kind of reminds me a bit of the feeling I got from Oyoko, of that just like being thinking of the the person your partner that you're with in like the mundane moments of your mm-hmm. life like not these 
grand moments no, that stick out, but just stuff, like just the, you know, I'm brushing in my the teeth. In the middle of a and, shave. Yeah. Doing the garden, digging the weeds. Exactly. And just like, more. just be finding joy. Honestly, if in, I can hire a gardener, that's way better. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's true. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that part I left out because I'm like, you know, we don't garden. Well, yeah. um, but the rest of it, I'm yeah. all in. <laughs> yeah. Well, and with Paul McCartney, I, I might dig some weeds for Paul McCartney. What kind of ways are you talking, Paul? I would prepare <laughs> him delicious beverages oh, yeah. while he dug yeah. in the garden. I and gave him a piece of birthday cake once. Oh, yeah, you told us about that. Yeah. yeah. Did. Mm-hmm. And a peg leg. I mean, Heather. <laughs> what, too soon? That's uh, fine. Yeah. Let it fly. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Heather. You gold digger. <laughs> to meat cake. You're dead to make. How do you pass up on good birthday cake? You are, you're broken inside. How do you divorce Paul McCartney and take all his money, even though you know no, you don't deserve it? Broken inside. Broke. Well, it wasn't all his money. He's fine. He's fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's still wealthy. He's good. Yeah, something tells me Paul's okay. Yeah, but you know, so no thanks to Heather. Yeah, but yeah, it's just like such a charming, sweet little song, and you can't help but love it. Yeah, and like you said, it's sort of like it feels sort of out of place. And I'm using like air quotes here, like mm-hmm. out of place, but somehow very in place. And the for whole the Beatles. record is kind of out of place. Yeah. If anything, this is a more traditional. It kind of harkens back to earlier stuff that they wrote. Like, hey, we're still the Beatles. Sorry about that sitar. Uh, <laughs> we can still do charming, cute things that like you're gonna like, and your parents are gonna like. If you like Mr. Moonlight, your you're gonna love. Gonna like Here's this. a song you can play for your grandma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you don't have to explain what Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is. We might is all about. look yeah. like we're high, and we are. But, so very high. But we're still those lovable lads you love. Yeah. <laughs> wink. <laughs> wink. Speaking of wink. Give us your drugs. I, I wish the people at home could see this, but. Oh, is this a McCartney ring? Is it a Paul <gasps> ring? Oh, girl. It is. This is like a what? vintage Beetle Paul ring. Oh, I love it. It is. Wait, L- I Lee Harris it. and I went on a shopping trip together 20 years ago, little Queenie. Oh, and my God. Uh, yeah, we both found Paul McCartney rings and we each bought them. We were. Oh, we that's walked awesome. around wearing our Paul McCartney rings <laughs> like a couple of freaking queers. For It was just so great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I have to take a photo of that to and like share. And he looks like he's week. about seventeen in this picture. Mm-hmm. It looks like little they baby picked face. him by surprise. Yeah, little baby face. So mm. cute. So okay, he uh, could never be sixty-four. Look at that. He could <laughs> never be almost eighty. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. So at number one fifty-four out of two twenty-three, would you say I am way off base, in the ballpark, just right? What would you say? I would put it. Higher on the list. Is this higher for you? Yeah, but like... I love it, and I'm I'm yeah. I'm queer for Paul McCartney's granny nerd stuff. I I will not apologize for that anymore. Um, I'm not cool. I never was. <laughs> it's fine. The three clarinets, rock my world. Give them to yes, me. Yes, I will take them. <laughs> the bass clarinet man. Bring it. <laughs> Bring me that big dirty bass clarinet. I like it, Julia. How about you? What do you think? Where would you have this? Um. I, I feel like I might move it up a little bit. Higher number or like? Um, like I prefer it. You like better. it more? Yeah. 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 Same. Okay. Like maybe not a huge amount. Maybe one in the one twenty fives. Possibly. I don't know. It's so hard because like I don't know what's coming up. Mm. But and they wrote I so really, many. Songs. They wrote so yes. many songs, and there's so many really good ones. Mm-hmm. But I really like this song. It's I just do. so charming and so sweet and just. Oh, I just want to go pinch his little cheeks. Don't you, though? Like, oh, you just stroke so his cute. hair and give him so a little kiss cute. on the forehead. Yeah, it's just like, put your bunny. head right here on my shoulder and let's be adorable See, forever. this is why we need a Paul Shaw. <laughs> Two years, man. Still working on that Paul Shaw. Right. Nobody made good on it for Christmas last right? year. Right? Nobody Christmas. did, Jonathan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Sorry. <laughs> what, would you... Th- why okay. do I feel like I'm a, like a couple's counselor? <laughs> yeah, she brought up Paul Shaw, Jonathan. You're going to have to answer for that. Every time, they're like, I don't know what to get her. Okay, I always know what to get her. Paul Shaw. It's got to be a Paul <laughs> um, You know, I'm thinking about it. I'm wondering why, the, of all the, you know, the Paul's, you know, granny songs, why mm-hmm. is this one perhaps the best loved and not like a, not a honey pie? Well, the honey pie is about the queen, isn't it? 
something. Your majesty, or her majesty. Oh, her majesty, of course. The um, honey pie, you are gonna be crazy. Because it's not sincere. Yeah. I'm in love, but I'm lazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it just, it sounds like she, she was this girl and she was one of us and that was fine. And now she's very famous and now I want her to be my girlfriend, mm-hmm. but I'm not actually going to do anything about it. Yeah. It's kind of callow it's as maybe more, Paul's stuff goes. Yeah. And I guess maybe it's also a little bit more intentional in this genre like yeah. it's got the she was a working girl <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like it's very like putting on the ritz on this one mm-hmm. where i guess no this when is i'm so, 64 is maybe a bit more so natural sincere. and sincere yeah mm-hmm. it's so that. sincere i mean and it comes the it launches from a place of insecurity mm-hmm. when i get older losing my hair will you still be sending me a valentine like is it you gonna still like me when I'm old? Kind of creepy, cause that's common. I'm gonna be old one day, and you are too. And then what? Yeah. So it's couched in this whole need for something lasting, which I think is even among people who are scared to death of that kind of commitment is also a very honest insecurity. Mm-hmm. But it's presented so it's presented so sweetly. It's presented so openly that it, you're you're happy to give him the assurances he's looking for because who could say no to that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, going for Sunday drives and getting a little cottage and it's who could possibly refuse that kind of simple and lasting thing. Yeah. Like that's that's not the me. end game. <laughs> not me, not, <laughs> not all. I don't know. That's a really good point. Good and that's funny because I've got uh I ranked uh, Honey Pie higher. I prefer Honey Pie. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was wondering. I'm like, have we gotten to Honey Pie? I love Honey Pie. I adore that song. Uh, I have to write down all my it reasons why at some point. Too. It does. Yeah. It's got that great little John solo. Yeah, I guess I didn't I didn't know that that was John until yeah. just today. See, yeah. I always learn something on this podcast. Aww. We try to be, what was the word you used yesterday that was a fake word? Oh, God, I don't know. I is probably do that multiple times informational? a day. Informational? Informational? <laughs> that's, that's not fake at all. I think it's a real word. Containing information. Yeah. Informative? No, like it's an informational movie. I think I use it. Incorrectly, okay. In wow. a sentence, that could that That's could probably be right. Like you're up. making up words like Doctor John or something. <laughs> <laughs> that was informative. <laughs> informational. <laughs> informational. It's amazing. All right. Well. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> I apologize. I didn't write down new rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. But well, the last I, ones threw me for such a hard loop. But I do have. I do have some. Okay, great. And they're going to kind of be tricky, I, I think. Why do you do this to people? It's I'm master bedtime. You, I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Graham is tired. I'm asking for line in the sand, hard declarations on something here. Okay. Right you ready? This should be fun. Within the Beatles canon, mm-hmm. your favorite Paul song. Oh, shit. <laughs> My favorite Paul song. Um, oh, wow. That's really hard. Oh, don't do that. Yeah, I don't. I'm going to kick don't you. Don't back me. <laughs> I think maybe I will. Ooh, okay. Not one I would have uh, I would have pegged, but I can get with that. Yeah, it's a great song, and I used to sing it to my kids. Oh, I love it. Back when they still let me do things like that. Oh, Aww. now Ben's like, stop, Mom. I'm too old for that. <laughs> Just sing it one more time. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. Yeah. Uh, he, he told me if. Well, whatever. It's on the internet. Uh, <laughs> he told me a while ago that that was one of his favorite songs because I used to sing it to him. And I, uh, I, I waited until he got out of the car before I pulled over and wept like a little bitch with a skin <laughs> knee. But it kind of made my day. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's, hard to un- it's hard to outdo that one. But if anybody could do it, it's Paul McCartney. Yeah. I love sure. that you've managed to like make it through the teen years and still have like a cool relationship. Oh, with we're your kids. yeah, we get along great, except yeah. when we don't. Yeah, I mean, it's not perfect. <laughs> I'm sure, but he's very much like but... a person that way. 
yeah no i'm i'm incredibly fortunate for my relationship with both my kids yeah um, you know when they're not driving me insane they're damn near perfect <laughs> that's amazing yeah. and you have such a close relationship like you get tattoos together and, tattoos. and they feel comfortable telling you like sweet things you know like sometimes teens can just be like oh whatever I hate it when you sing that song Ugh. Yeah. you know just oh, to yeah, be totally. shitty <laughs> so lame. totally yeah it is so lame I wonder who listen to the island what boys I love about it what is the island boys what is uh, the island boys this new terrible thing okay i don't want to know don't, don't worry about it. yeah don't. well the good news is ben probably hates it probably yeah he, it he's really not a big fan alley. of things that suck which yeah. i'm really happy about because <laughs> i hear enough things that suck <laughs> uh yeah. your, your favorite john song Ooh, my favorite john song uh beautiful boy oh okay okay Ooh. what about in the beatles catalog oh, Beatles catalog. Damn it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh wow, these are really hard. <laughs> um, uh, across the universe. I like it. Okay, mm. your favorite George song. Why are you doing this today? George You're song. a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Trying out new questions, wow. man. Um, oh, man. Oh, something. George is easy. Solid, solid. Your favorite Ringo song. <laughs> and why won't you let us Is do a Ringo a cover show? Really? <laughs> why won't I let you do a Ringo show? Because we'd have six songs in it, That's and I'd hate three true. of them. Oh, come on! I wrote a song about an octopus. <laughs> I drew a picture too. I'll put it right here on the refrigerator, where everyone can see. <laughs> no more shit about things that happen under the sea, Ringo. <laughs> Everyone's got to have a favorite Ringo song. Do they, though? <laughs> brutal. I, I mean... Brutal. Yellow Submarine, I guess. Oh, fine. Yeah, I... Well, you've also got a Yellow Submarine sitting right over uh, there. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I have a Yellow Submarine lunchbox. There you go. So do we. <laughs> and I bought my kids a Yellow Submarine bathtub toy. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's basically just like the product aspect yeah. of the Yellow Submarine. That merchandising, merchandising. That's the sweetest plum. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, what's uh, what's coming up in the near future for you? I have a gig tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and it'll be uh, the Infinity other day by the time you hear so this episode. Uh, I actually do have something kind of big in the works for next summer, but I'm not at liberty to talk about it mm, yet. Okay. However, I will say that I have recently procured a pair of iridescent Doc Martin eight-hole boots for this particular gig. So, uh... Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's okay. all I can say about that right now. Interesting. Okay. We'll have to keep us posted on that. that oh, sounds... yeah. Well, I'm hoping we'll do another one of these before that we happens. we got a ton more, can... so... And there's at least two I want to put my okay. dibs in for now. Okay. Can I like Debbie... Dibs? You go. You can call dibs. I, okay. I think Debbie is going to start a competing '90s band and just fuck your world up. Oh, dude, don't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. Crush no, no, no. You'll crush no '90s. <laughs> okay. You going '80s? Not at liberty to say. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I, I can't will wait say to that I'm the mandolin. '1880s. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we're going to be doing a lot of Bach inventions. <laughs> Make that shit Baroque. <laughs> Are you joining Mumford Don't fix it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Are you, hanging fruit. I apologize. Are you replacing the racist guy in Mumford and Sons? Which one? The guy that quit because he was sorry. racist. <laughs> yeah, no. I, 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 too many boobs. Sorry. Yeah, fair I, I'd never pass as a Sons. Yeah, that wouldn't work. <laughs> and Jason Bateman's in that band, though, isn't he? Jason Bateman? He was in the no. video. I don't think so. Yeah, there's a video. He's not in the uh, band. Then they shouldn't have put him in the video. I'm way <laughs> less interested in Mumford and Sons now that I know that Jason Bateman isn't in it. Well, just Mumford does the uh, the theme song for Ted Lasso. Oh, yeah. Oh, which the I have not guy. watched yet. Very, very good. good. Highly recommended. Highly I think you'd recommended. enjoy it. I think so. You like kindness and kind shit. I do. You will mm -hmm. enjoy that show. I do like kindness and kind shit. Thank you for noticing that. You're welcome. About me. <laughs> He, uh, he hosted totally SNL. Inside yet, so I'm holding myself out. <laughs> On SNL this week, he had this great uh, line, his monologue talking about the show and how they were so surprised it became a hit 
because it's founded on two things that Americans hate, soccer and kindness. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> well played, good sir. That is well, horrifyingly accurate. In- incredibly true. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and we don't get four weeks of paid vacation every summer mm-hmm. to go to the Isle of Wight. We it's do true. Not. We're going to work on that. Yeah. We're going to work can on we, that. Can we send Joe like an email? Joe. Biden. Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think he knows how to check his email. Send it to Kamala. Oh, yeah. Sounds mm. <clears throat> yeah. like a better idea. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Something tells me she, like, looks at it on her phone. She probably does. Yeah. <laughs> she probably does. I would see that. She's badass. <laughs> I love it. I love you. I love you. Thank you for I doing this. You. this. You're the is... best. Can we do this tomorrow after my gig? Uh, What's tomorrow? <laughs> Wednesday. That was why I couldn't do this tomorrow. Ah, tomorrow right, right. I'm like, what is tomorrow? What is today? Mm. I think tomorrow is the only night we have nothing to do. No. Untrue. <laughs> wow, okay. You're going to my gig. Shit. I have the burger date. Oh, you have the burger date. Yeah, yeah I have a burger date with friends. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it's pretty good. Have that you been to Bub's Burgers? Where? Bub's. Bub's? Bub's no, Burgers. No, I've been to Bub's Burgers. They're delicious. Still on Bank Street? No, it's not Banks. Yeah. Danville. Banks. Is it Banks? No, yeah. you're right. It is Banks. It's next to Bank Street Bar. Yeah, sorry about that. And Bub's Burgers. Yep. Yep. Bub's burgers on bank delicious. Yep. Yeah. It's the burgers are amazing. Well, I'm gonna good. have to They even have a yeah. meatless patty that's very, yeah. very good. Okay. If <laughs> you say so. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Yeah, meatless patty, because that's a burger with the air quotes again. <laughs> Damn good burger. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, let's wrap All this right. up. And we can chat. Debbie, thank you, my dear. Thank You're the best. you, my guys. I Mwah. love you so much. Yay. Love you too. We'll do it again soon. Thank you, Beatles nerds out there. Come see my gig tomorrow. DebbieDavis.com. <laughs> I don't know. DebbieDavisMusic.com. DebbieDavisMusic.com. Uh, you can go visit my website that has not been updated in a year and a half. Go buy all the stuff that's on it. Yeah, you can buy a Christmas record. From do it. Last year. Yes. yes. Christmas Get it is now. coming. There's only one day a year when that's not true. That's true. Well. No. Debbie Davis, everybody, such a pleasure as always. Cannot wait to hear her announcement about this new band that she's working on, this new little project that she maybe hipped us to off mic uh, after the episode, but it's going to be You're going to get her in trouble. Uh, I mean, uh, the vault is, is sealed. <laughs> the RTB vault is airtight. <laughs> Ain't nothing getting out. So, friends, what do you all think? About when I'm 64 at number 154. Too high, too low, absolutely crazy, or just right? Let us know what you think in the comments section over on Facebook at Ranking the Beatles. Over on Twitter at Ranking Beatles. Or on the Instagrams at Ranking the Beatles. That's right. So let us know what you think. If you're enjoying the show, we sure would love if you left us a review on your podcast provider of choice. Five stars only. Whatever the max star limit is, is what we like. Oh, yeah. If you have, like, ten max stars, don't give us five stars. Like, if you're thinking about giving us two, just don't. Like, just, <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Hook us up. Help us out here. We're putting the work in for you guys. I mean, for everybody. For ourselves, too. We have fun <laughs> with this. Um, and tell a friend if you're enjoying the show. And uh, let them know what we're doing over here at Ranking the Beatles. And if you're really, really enjoying it and you want to, you know, Throw us a bone or two. You can buy us a cup of coffee over at RankingTheBeatles.com. If you click on the little coffee cup over there, it'll let you drop a, a little something-something into the uh, into the coffee pot, which we will then use to buy coffee uh, because that helps me stay awake late at night when I edit these episodes. And that would be really nice. It's always late. I'm sorry. It's always late. And I'm no help. Yeah. It's, okay. it's a one-person job. Yeah. And that person is not me. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Okay. I get it, Paul. I get it. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Anyway, that's about it for this week, everybody. Have a wonderful week. Uh, Enjoy Get Back this weekend. Yeah. I know I sure will be. You'll be tolerating, so it'll be great. Mm. Uh, You'll you'll like it. I'll enjoy it. I think I'll enjoy it. Uh, Everyone, I hope you all enjoy it, Julia included. Um, So have a wonderful weekend, and we will be back next week with a brand new episode So until then, take care. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. This is Ranking the Beatles. Adios. Bye, y'all.